Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,353. This week I'm celebrating the 69th annual Pebble Beach Concord Elegance that takes place on Sunday, August 18th at the Lodge in Pebble Beach, California. I hope to see you there. To learn more, go to the pebblebeachconcord.net website. If you're out there by yourself and something cool is happening, you, you probably have a story. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from the Laguna Seca racetrack where he's playing with some very cool cars today, Ed Alo. Hey, Ed, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am indeed. I got my five-point harness on and ready to go. All right. We'll have some fun. Ed Lowe is the Senior Vice President of Content at Motor Trend Group and serves as Editor-in-Chief of Motor Trend. He has almost 20 years of experience in automotive journalism and has held leadership positions as editor-in-chief of Import Racer Magazine, managing editor of Road and Track Speed Magazine, and editor-in-chief of Sports Compact Car, all great publications I've enjoyed for years. Ed moved to Motor Trend in the spring of 2007, became its executive editor in 2010, and then editor-in-chief in 2011. In his time with Motor Trend, the brand has become the leading automotive enthusiast magazine and the industry leader across the web, social media, and video. In February 2016, Ed was promoted to Senior Vice President in Market Content for Motor Trend Group, overseeing the editorial direction of Motor Trend and Automobile Magazine. In April of 2018, his role was expanded to include all automotive content for the Motor Trend Group. You are one busy guy. So Ed, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a brief moment, share a little more if you would, about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles. Yes, thank you. And I'm really glad to be here. So thanks for having me on Cars Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so it's uh, that's a lot. It's a lot on that bio. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, really, it's really two hats I wear. I, I'm really, most of my time is spent um, sort of shepherding the Motor Trend brand. Uh, we don't really say Motor Trend Magazine anymore because mm-hmm. so much of what we do is online. It's digital. There's so much video now, social media. We do events. And then the other thing I do for the Motor Trend Group, which is our new company, is that we have 22 brands that have magazines and digital and video platforms. And I help sort of curate and direct the car content, both for the in-market, the new car space, and the aftermarket. 
Very cool. You know, I love what you guys are doing uh, in the sense of, you know, we've all talked about or heard about magazines are kind of going the wayside. It's a, a increasingly difficult platform to continue with because of so much digital and what people want to see today and how they want to consume information. And to me, Motor Trend is one of those very unique companies that has embraced that concept and taken it down a whole new path and really looking towards the future. Uh, I really commend you for what you guys are doing. Uh, no doubt, this is not easy because producing a magazine is not easy, but then adding all these other layers and flavors on top of it requires a huge amount of manpower and talent, right? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And and it's, you know, the challenge really is that we're, we're it used to be just you do a magazine, maybe you use a, you know, a website or a couple of videos here and there. But fundamentally, just the way we consume content, media, video has changed so dramatically in such a short amount of time. We're not just competing with other magazine titles or other websites. We're we're competing for people's attention, you know, on mobile devices that people are staring at Instagram or they're on Facebook or they're looking at YouTube or they're looking at, at any number of other outlets that are putting out little bursts of cool content, cool pictures, cool videos. And there's a lot of fatigue. I think a lot of people are kind of tired of looking at screens these days, uh, even though they, even though there's so much good content. So it, it's tough. It's tough for sure. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, as we continue on your journey, let's start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking since you're at the track today. So, Ed, take the wheel. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. The one that there's obviously like uh, think big, right? You know, this is something that I that I had to learn when I got to Motor Trend. I'd worked for some smaller uh, brands before, and what's great about having a brand like Motor Trend, which has 70 years in the automotive media space, is that we can really do some some amazing things. And we're, I tell the, t- the staff all the time that the only challenge is, is, are we thinking big enough? The second one, really, I think is 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 more of a directly applies to uh, journalists, and I hope it resonates. And that's, um, it's really like if you are, make sure you you are in a in a place in a physical place where others are not. So. There's a lot of herd mentality that happens in, I think, just in general, but particularly in, in, in the media space where, you know, after the press event or after the race or, or whatever you're covering, if you end up at like the hotel bar, let's say, and you're with a bunch of your other, your other writer, editor buddies, you're probably in the wrong place. That's not where the story is. If you're all, if you're all there, you know, if you're just knocking one back, you, you really have to go seek it out. If you're, if you're out there by yourself and something cool is happening, you you probably have a story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love the concept of think big. And to me, it relates in a way of, of a metaphor of being at the track since you are at the track today and you're driving uh, the picture. You sent me a very cool McLaren Senna. I'm a little jealous of what you're doing today. Ed, I need to jump on a on my little private jet and fly down there. If I only had a yeah. private jet, that would be pretty cool since there is an airport right down the road from you there. Um, is the fact that thinking big and when you're on a track, you're always looking way down the track for the next corner and thinking of the next corner after that versus what's in front of you. And to me, that's what's happening with uh, media these days. Yeah, you've got to be looking way, way, way ahead uh, because, boy, this fickle audience that we have to deal with today and how quickly these uh, shiny objects just sway them and move their eyes from what we have to say uh, is certainly a huge challenge for sure. Well, I want to talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Go back in time. You've been a car guy for an awful long time. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? 
That's a, that's a great question. I, I, I've always been a car guy and I didn't really realize how much so until I think I I reached a a sort of post-college, but I'd always, I'd read all the magazines. Uh, My dad got them all. Uh, It it really does come from my father. Uh, He was, he loved to visit car dealerships and I'd go with him. And I was a kid who was rating all of the, uh, the booklets and pulling up all the glossy brochures and (laughs) memorizing horsepower and, and knowing zero to 60 times and being able to sort of quiz the salespeople. You know, I think, uh, it, I kind of, figured it out when I, when I got my driver's license, I, I got my learner's permit that the, the earliest I could 15 and a half. And then, uh, six months after I got my driver's license, I'd already had three speeding tickets. Uh Oh, I was kicked <laughs> off the family insurance policy, yeah. uh, much, oh. much to the chagrin of my parents. And, uh, yeah, so I knew, I knew then that, uh, I really, what I really enjoyed about cars, all cars really is, uh, the freedom the independence, you know, just that you can go somewhere and be in charge of this thing and it takes you and your friends or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was so much, it was, it was very different from anything else uh, I'd ever had, had done in my life prior to that, obviously. No doubt. Well, now you, now you get your speed habit out on the track where it's safe and sound uh, versus the street, which is a good idea for everybody, especially those younger listeners. But yeah, I remember being 16 the morning, D- California DMV, the first guy in line. Uh, I dragged my mom out of bed early. Got to get my license today, mom. Got to get my license today. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a cool day. Freedom day. Pretty, pretty darn neat. The irony is that I I took my driver's license test in a 1991 Toyota Previa minivan. I scored a, (laughs) I scored a hundred, I scored a hundred percent. But then again, three tickets in six months, uh, all for speeding was, uh, was a bit of a, Shock to the folks, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I can only imagine um, what my dad would have to say with me. Well, you'll love this story, Ed. My neighbor up the street owned City Chevrolet, and uh, where I grew up in, I grew up in La Jolla, California. His was in Mission Bay, and he loaned me a brand new Camaro to take my driver's test in. And he said, "Mark, if you pass this test, I'll let you keep this car for a week to drive it around." So I had a huge incentive to pass my test. And when I sat, and when the driver instructor got in the car with me to do the test. He looked at me and he goes, is this your car, kid? And I said, no, sir. My neighbor loaned it to me. And if I pass my driver's test today, I get to drive it for a week. And he looked down at his little clipboard and he looked at me and he said, don't blow it, kid. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't Very. blow it. I didn't yeah. blow it. And I got to, I think the alternative uh, concept here was that my parents would buy me that car. Uh, of course, they did not. They ended up buying the car from him, but it was a old grandma's 1967 chevy nova so uh not quite a new camaro but still you know perfect for taking my buddies to the beach to go surfing well let's take a look at the many roads you've driven down because you've been involved in many publications many different activities but i want to talk about a a big career challenge for you or even a big failure and more so not to drum up maybe a negative part of your past but let's focus on the learning that you acquired from that and how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your business and your life and your career? Yeah. It's something I, I have talked about before because it is it is a lemons to lemonade sort of situation. But, uh, you know, I my career path tracks sort of hilariously to the rise of like like Fast and the Furious, like tuner culture. You know, I started in a, a magazine down in Orange County that was devoted to the underground subculture of import racing. And uh, had some success there. I launched actually the first uh, uh, magazine devoted to drifting, the, that subculture. 
And then as Fast and the Furious, then it blew up and, you know, became one, two, three movies. A lot of the big publishing companies thought that they needed to get in on this sort of this new youth movement that had actually been there for a, for a really long time. So um, the guys at the time that were running both Car and Driver and Road and Track launched their version of, of youth like tuner magazines. And I joined Road and Track on a title called Speed that was really for, you know, the young kids and the, the backward hat, baggy pants wearing crowd. And it was, unfortunately, it was kind of a startup. And uh, after 11 months, they pulled the plug and uh, I was out on the street. It was one of the best times that I've ever had because I got to work right alongside all the veterans at Road and Track and met some really great people, friends to this day. But I found myself uh, unemployed on my 30th birthday, sort of looking around saying, well, you know, what do I do now? I've been doing publishing now. At that time, it was probably about seven, eight years. And um, what's the next step? And can really consider getting out of the industry completely, getting an MBA or doing something, going to grad school. But shortly after, again, the connections that I'd made, I got hired to work at Sport Compact Car, which was under Motor Trend, under the under the editorial director of Motor Trend, which is Angus McKenzie, who then 18 months later hired me to, to Motor Trend. So, you know, it was um, it was a challenge, but um, I'm glad I stuck with it because uh, you know this industry has been been really good to me. Uh, you know, I get a my job isn't really a job. You know, every day I get to I get told on a regular basis I have the best job in the world. And uh, you know, if I'd walked away at age 30 to be a, a lawyer or uh, you know some kind of MBA, I think it would have been a much much different, probably less uh, fulfilling uh, existence. No doubt. Well, the lesson that I learned from this story you shared with us, and thanks for sharing a time that was a challenge. I mean, being 30 and then unemployed, like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? But you touched on something I think is important for those listeners out there that might find themselves in this position. And, you know, everybody might find themselves in a position like this at some point in their career. Contacts you made, making contacts, building relationships along the way in your industry, your field is so important because it will come back to you later, uh, not being an isolationist. So is that the, the key to led you to that next move in your mind? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy who hired me, who reached out for, you know, to, to, for that next step to Sport Compact Car, he was actually, he was a direct competitor at the magazine just prior. Like we had, we had always bumped into each other at SEMA or covering different drag racing or drifting events. And we were always kind of at each other's throats. I was, I was the little guy. He was part of the bigger company, but, um, I, you know, I was never, it was never nasty. It was always very sort of, you know, all's fair and love and war sort of competition. But, but I think there was some mutual respect there so that when he did find out that I was out on the street, he's like, huh, well, we, we should scoop this guy up. So build strong relationships with people. On both sides of the fence, if you will, uh, even those that you're competing with. So, yeah, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle in your life and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. I'm figuring it's not that minivan you took your driver's test in. Well, you know, I, I, you know, what's funny is that, and, you know, in the, in the position I'm at, everybody thinks it's, oh, it's fast cars, it's Ferraris and Lamborghinis all day long. You know, it is really, a, you have to love all cars and uh, to, to do, you know, Motor Trend actually is, we're a little more, we're bigger tents. We cover everything. We try to, we count cup holders in minivans. And yes, we do test McLaren Senna's and Ferraris. But uh, I do have, a, you know, minivans actually have a very special place in, in my heart. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's funny that we, we joke about it at work all the time that most of the 
the fastest guys on staff really love the practicality of, of like the most boring vehicles. But man, I've had so many, there's been so many great experiences with the cars. Uh, I think the earliest, the most formative memories I have are, are riding around in my dad's uh, 81 RX-7. He was like the first guy in town to have, to have picked up this really sleek and exotic uh, you know, Japanese rotary powered sports car. And, you know, these are, this is like the early eighties and, uh, you know, of course, child seats, what's a child seat. And you know, we're going to, we're going to carry three kids in a two seater. So, you know, we're sitting up on the packet, the parcel shelf in the back and my sister's probably in the footwell. And my brother's like the only guy belted in, in the seat. And we're just cruising around town. I remember just how, how special that car was for him. And what the hilarious part is that um, it ultimately was uh, had this resonating effect later on because my dad loved that car. He was on the waiting list to get it. He got a he got the first one in town, and then in less than a year, the dash uh, cracked due to like the sun, the UV rays. And you know, this is a time when Japanese cars were still kind of figuring out some of the the build quality things. And he was so mad at this that this thing this japanese car kind of let him down that he he remembered that forever and uh, when the when the nsx came out he specifically did not buy the 1991 nsx uh because he remembered it yeah. because of that and i was you know i was like 16 when the nsx came out and i was like begging him like dad like you gotta, <laughs> you, he's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, they probably haven't sorted this thing out. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh so gosh. that, you know, yes, which kills me to this day. Cause you know, we, he was, he was, he was like a loyal Honda uh, customer and we could have gotten a smoking deal on NSX, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm over it because I, actually if he had bought that car, I probably would have snuck out in it at night or done something stupid, like lowered it or, or probably wrapped it around a tree. So, uh, but, I, but I'll, always, I'll always remember that that RX-7 uh, for, for what it was. You know, it's funny how those experiences can really affect us for a long time. When I was a little kid, my, my mom and dad bought a Pontiac Le Mans. And my dad, soon after buying that car, started calling it the Pontiac Lemon because it had so many problems. And after about nine months, he found, I, I'm done with this thing. And forevermore, Pontiacs are terrible. Never buy a Pontiac again. Horrible cars. And to this day, I'm telling the story now. I mean, think it went through a whole nother generation of a bad experience. But the 81 Mazda RX-7, I had just graduated from college. And I went home to visit my mom. And she had one. I went, Mom, you bought an RX-7? What the? How come you never bought cool cars when I was living at home? You're driving, you know, Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser station wagons. She goes, well, you're not here anymore. So time for something fun. I was so jealous. And... She let me drive it. Great car. Fun car for sure. How about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that you really wish you still had? It's, it's again, it sounds weird, but um, after after I got all those speeding tickets uh, when I was 16, I was driving my brother's car. It was an 86 uh, Celica GTS. Um, my parents were like, look, we, we can't take you to school anymore. You live too far, and it, it, but you're just killing us with these with these speeding tickets. So, Here's the slowest vehicle uh, we can we can find, and it was an '83 Toyota 4x4 uh, pickup truck, long bed, long bed, single cab. And at first, I hated it, but I loved that thing, and I drove it through the rest of high school and into college, and it was it was awesome uh, until I spun it on the freeway 
the one ten the one ten freeway in the rain, and that actually wasn't a mistake because I recovered. I mean, I think it did like one eighty, oh, okay. and then, it came, and then it came back around. If you stick it, <laughs> yeah, I didn't hit anything. But the thing is, is that I, I I accidentally told my folks, I'm like, man, I spun that thing, and they're like, you got to sell it, like get rid of it. It's not safe. So like you're gonna <laughs> at that point they'd been they'd seen the rollover things and trucks yeah. on like oh, so yeah. they were like get get rid of it. But I missed that. Those trucks are indestructible. Uh, it's the Toyota Hilux uh, mm-hmm. of, of its day, and and yeah. uh, you know you just they're, and they're actually quite. They're, I wouldn't say they're actually collectible, but it's so rare to find an unmodified, you know, non molested Toyota Hilux these days. because they're, oh, they're yeah. very popular with a rock crawling set. But I wish I had that that truck back because because I, I like to go surfing and it'd be the perfect. Uh, surf truck at this point. Ah, surfer. Cool. Yeah, I grew up surfing as a kid down there in Southern California. It's something I do miss. I live far too far from the beach to to surf anymore. But uh, man, what a great way to start the day. Dawn Patrol. So, well, speaking of Dawn Patrol, we're talking about, or I've been promoting Pebble Beach Concord all week. Had some wonderful guests on the show this week. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, Christopher Pagani, uh, Horatio's son, uh, Pagani Cars. Uh, We started uh, Monday with Sandra Button. Third time she's been here on Cars, yeah, chairman of the Pebble Beach Concord. I want to talk a little bit about this Japanese invitational you put together for Pebble Beach. And that's why uh, I was referred to you here. Of course, I wanted to have you on the show for a while because I know of Motor Trend. I've been subscribed to all the magazines. But tell us about this very special event happening uh, during Pebble Beach Car Week, the Japanese invitational. Yeah. So um, it was an idea that I actually spawned with um, this, uh, this very nice gentleman, Phil O'Connor. Uh, as marketing guy at Infinity, we were talking at a car show about what you know, what 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 does the world need? What is you know? They do a big event. They do big events at Pebble Beach all the time, and we we're just like, if we could do something, how do we how do we open this up? You know, Pebble Beach, you know, the the, the car week there on the peninsula of Monterey is so awesome, but how do we how do we bring it this this collection of fantastic vehicles to a broader audience? And it got me thinking about how, you know, I've watched my my friends in the industry really migrate up from Japanese or, or foreign performance cars and then into some of them now are collecting or trying to get into the air-cooled Porsche market and some of the other like alphas and things. But the, the prices have skyrocketed on those cars. And uh, it, it's actually, and then if you get to Pebble Beach, it's like, forget about it. Like if you're trying to get into into that, type of vehicle, you know, an Auburn, Cord, you know, and any of the any of the, the the older Bentleys. I mean, it's just it's cubic dollars. You don't know where to start. If you wanted to but you have that passion and that that lust for for vintage vehicles, collectible cars and then that whole scene, how do you get into it? And and I noticed that a lot of Japanese cars are starting to appreciate in value and and uh, there's a there's certainly there's been a very strong fan base for years now uh, again kind of a subculture in pockets of of America devoted to Datsun 510s and and you know 240Zs and you know Corollas uh you know uh and and RX2s and RX3s from us you know can we bring that element to uh to Pebble Beach and uh you know we pitched the idea uh, Sandra Button and, and the team up at uh, Pebble—they uh, they loved it and they embraced it, which was awesome. And we did our first event last year, and it, it was uh, it was a huge success. So we're bringing it back this year, and uh, for its second round, uh, it'll be up on Peter Hay Hill uh, Friday, starting uh, that Friday of uh, Pebble Beach Week, and through Sunday from about 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
uh, August 16th uh, through the 18th. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great collection. There's some, there's a lot of coverage online about it, but if you want to just see a bunch of very cool, uh, a, a nicely curated collection of, uh, uh, classic or vintage collectible Japanese cars, it, it'll be the best showing, uh, on the peninsula at Double Beach. Can't wait to see it. I remember, uh, I actually wasn't aware of last year's and I was walking from the uh, auction site up there down towards the lodge, and I looked over and went, what's this? And walked over and ended up spending a lot more time there than I thought I would. I think it was really cool, so I'm really excited to let my listeners know who are going to be fortunate enough to be there during Car Week to participate. I'll make sure I put a link to the Pebble Beach Concord Elegant site where you can find out more about the Japanese Invitational. Uh, Kudos to you, because this allows a whole new generational group of people who are interested in these cars to get into the collector car market, it's nice that it's becoming more embraced by the collector car market. Uh, Japanese cars, and of course, when you do thing, see things like uh, cars of the 80s uh, and even 90s that are Japanese that are starting to show up at car shows, uh, bringing younger people to car shows, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Love to uh, bring everybody into the car enthusiasm world that uh, Ed and I live in. Tell us also real quick, what has you excited and fired up these days about Motor Trend and the many things that your folks are doing there? You know, our big push these days is uh, into the video space. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful some of your listeners are aware that for a long time we had uh, the largest uh, automotive-themed YouTube channel, uh, over 6.5 million uh, subscribers. But, you know, in the last couple of years, we've really transitioned to our, our video-on-demand service um it's motor trend on demand uh dot com currently and it's uh, 4.99 a month and you can watch all of this amazing video content we have uh, a very popular show called roadkill on there we do some uh, new car uh, comparison testing and head-to-head we have an off-road show dirt every day uh we have a we have a channel on tv on cable tv that used to be called velocity that's now the uh, the motor trend channel and all that all that content is also you know, available on your smartphone or through your uh, smart TV or, you know, on your iPad. And that's our, that's basically our, our, our new way forward. You know, we're going to, we're going to bring all of our automotive expertise and knowledge and passion and authority and do some great entertainment, uh, along with it, as well as the other brands that are part of our family, you know, Hot Rod, um, is, is another, uh, a big brand that actually gave birth to Motor Trend. Our other titles like Truck In and, and uh, Four Wheeler, you know, all of these uh, these other, you know, formerly magazines or currently magazines are now getting into the digital and digital video space. So that's nice. That's what that's what we're all about. Very cool. Very cool. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars 
But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Ed, we're back. And I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle parked in the garage, what would Ed be and why? Oh, man, I struggled with this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would have to say, it sounds really weird, but it would probably be something like... Um, like a like a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution or like a Subaru WRX STI, something in that space that's you know quick, not the fastest thing on the road, but handles really well. A lot more, a lot more surprisingly capable. Sort of a will shock shock you off the line or around a racetrack, but also really practical. It's got a trunk, holds a lot of stuff, kind of unassuming. Um, easy to overlook. I think that would be uh, <laughs> that would be sort of my steez. Well, I appreciate you giving some thought to that. That question trips yeah. some people up once in a while, or they'll just say what they wish they were, not what they think they are. So uh, I like the way you handle that. Thank you. All right, we're entering the last lap. This is appropriate since you're at the track today, having some fun with that McLaren Senna. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Senna throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep your eyes up. Look through the next corner. Oh, yeah, definitely. I took my uh, racing license there at Skip Barber when I was at the track, the three-day open-wheel course they had. And, oh, man, how many times did I hear that? Head up, head up, look ahead, look way down the track, look down the track. Yep. Yeah, yep. same when I got my motorcycle endorsement. Head up, head up. Yeah, yep. Don't look where you don't want to go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Yes. Uh, exercise in the morning. Get it out of the way. Get it. Just, <laughs> just get up and knock it out because otherwise, at the end of the day, you can just make excuses. It's not going to happen. The morning yeah. is the only time that I find that I actually have some control over. Yeah. So just get up early and get it. Knock it out. Great advice. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I bet you have a few of them. <laughs> they got a couple. Please yeah. uh, obviously head to motortrend.com. All the automotive uh, content uh, you want to see, read, watch. And then our video service, motortrendondemand.com. It's awesome. It's a great gift, too, for any car guy or car gal in your in your sphere. Yeah. You know, that's a great, great point because 
Buying for car people, I mean, just ask my wife every year, what do you want, dear? Oh, I'd like a new GT3, please. Okay, let's get real again. Stop asking for that. You're not going to get it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Motor Trend On Demand, great gift idea. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? You know, probably Carol Shelby in his in his prime. I, I met him only a couple of times, very briefly, uh, you know, before he passed. And I, I at the time I met him, I wasn't sort of fully aware of his um, his impact on the broader automotive sphere, particular performance and American uh, muscle car and sports car scene. And, and just to be able to, to talk to him. Uh, at the height of his uh, prowess would would be great. No doubt. He's the second most recommended person when I asked that question, Henry Ford being the first, uh, considering that those two, you know, work together uh, in a lot of respects, I guess you would say, uh, with Ford Motor Company, not Henry Ford. Uh, He was a little before his time. But uh, I got to meet him briefly at Laguna Seca when he was the featured guy during the Monterey Historic Races years ago. I had a 66 GT350 Mustang, and I brought the glove box uh, from that car and carried it all over the track until I saw him and asked him if he'd sign it. And of course he did, uh, which is pretty darn cool. And I just had uh, his grandson, Aaron Shelby, on the show here, which was a very oh, nice. interesting conversation and uh, to get some perspective of a guy whose grandfather was Carol Shelby. Can you imagine that? Wow. Uh, <laughs> pretty incredible. Uh, listeners, you can go back and listen to that on the Cars Yow website. How about a book, Ed? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, man. There's... um. There is, <laughs> there, there are a few, and I'll, I'll probably get uh, filleted by my colleagues for recommending this one. You know, one of the best, uh, the best books I, I had in my career in the early start was the Road and Track Automotive Dictionary, edited by, uh, I think it was John Dinkle. I don't think it's in print, but you can find it on eBay. But it is, it's awesome. It's, I mean, it's a dictionary of automotive terms. Um, but if you want to learn about like just just cars in general, it's a it's a fabulous resource to have. It basically predates like Google searches. You know, if if you if you want to look up any any oddball like chassis terminology, uh, you know, it, it's it's all there. So I no, that's, that's a good one. I have that on my shelf. My parents bought me that decades ago. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when it did. It come out like in the seventies or. Um, I, they have, it's gone through a few reprints. I don't, mine wasn't from them. Mine was a soft down. It looks actually fairly modern. I think it was a, probably the second or third reprint. And then I they would say 90s was the one I had. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know you can get that. Uh, there's several places you can go and, and buy that book and find that book. Um, different websites. And of course, you can uh, go on eBay, see if somebody's got one they want to let go. So very cool. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure you can find all these great resources Ed has shared. On his Cars Yeah show notes page, just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Ed Lowe, L-O-H, and that page will pop right up. All right, Ed, we're up to the checkered flag here. Something you've seen many times, I'm sure, on the track, but this question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. I'm going to park it in your garage so you can have some fun with it, but there are rules to this game that may change your answer from what you might have previously said. One is... It's the only collector car you can have. You have to drive it. No garage queens, but I don't think that's a problem for you. Just don't spin it on the freeway, if you would. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little trick's off the table. So what can I buy you today, Ed? That's a, that's a, the, um, <laughs> the only part. That's, that's the part that kills me. Like it's the I only know. one, the only collector car. Community. I know. Uh, uh, man. 
I would say just because I'm fascinated and I don't think I'd ever really pony up to do it is like a, a Citroen SM. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. an interesting answer. Yeah. You know, this answer sometimes it's pretty obvious. People say things, you know, Ferrari GTO or you know, something yeah. just, but Citroen SM. Oh, well, yeah. I'll tell you. My, I think it was my seventh guest here on Cars, yeah, Kenji Yoshino. I worked for, with him. I hired him back when I was at Griot's Garage to help us with our Japanese business. He since went on and started a Citroen parts business. So he's smiling today. He's a regular listener. Uh, you can go back and listen to his show. Uh, he loves Citroen, and he kind of opened my eyes to Citroen because he would bring them to work and let me drive them and take me for rides in them. I'm like, this is the funkiest thing I've ever been in, but it's kind of cool. What is it about that car that made you choose that car? Well, they're, they're first of all, I think they're gorgeous. They're, they're really, and they're so distinct. Uh, they're yeah. so sort of evocative of not just being French, but of the era. Uh, the technology is also fascinating. It's also really, it, it, it's kind of funny when I've seen it, but it's like, well, what's the only collector car that you could have that you'd probably, it would be interesting to keep because so many things would probably break. Uh, you'd have to sort of keep, <laughs> keep, keep uh, at it, you know between the hydraulics and, and everything. Um, yeah. And it's also quite practical. Like I was saying, like, you have to drive it. You got to drive around. It's got to be sort of pleasurable. You can see it's not it's not just a roadster. It's not something that is really only for like a sunny day. I didn't want to be incredibly <laughs> Too obvious. obvious. And, and, yeah, pick a Ferrari. Something that every, <laughs> I'm sure countless other people have. Yeah, yeah. well, very, you know, that car is designed by Robert Opron, I believe, Opron. Yeah, mm -hmm. if I remember right. Yeah, it, Incredible car, Maserati engine, I believe. I was in that thing, which makes it kind of cool. Um, wasn't there a movie with... Um, oh, Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds. Didn't he ha drive one of those in a car? He was getting chased by the police or something. Uh, I think he was driving... Yeah, it was one of the few chasing you'll ever see in a, a Citroen SM. Uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I think he was a football player or something, got chased by the police and ended up in prison or something. At any rate... Very interesting choice, Ed. Uh, wow, you threw me for a loop here. That's pretty cool. I like it when people answer uh, that question in a way I would never have guessed. Very, very cool. Well, Ed, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, being at Laguna Seca, uh, ready for another day on the track with that Senna and I'm sure some other cool cars. Thank you for sharing your journey and checking in with me this morning before the fog lifts over the track. Could you give us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off? Down into turn one in that Citroen SM. Yeah, I would say uh, life is short. Drive everything you can. Get get behind the wheel as often as you can. And, and really, at the end of the day, though, as cool as the cars are, it's the people behind the cars that really Yeah, matter. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the truth for sure. Especially when it comes to Monterey uh, Week, Pebble Beach, Concord, Elegance. Please join Ed and I at the 69th Annual Pebble Beach, Concord, Elegance. Uh, you can uh, join us with the... Uh, the Japanese invitation, I should say, that's taking place during that week. I'll put links to that so you can learn all about it. What's the best way, again, for our listeners to learn more about Motor Trend? Please uh, head over to MotorTrend.com, and you can find all of our content there, including our video content at MotorTrendOnDemand.com. You know, all the links are at MotorTrend.com, uh, as well as our coverage of the Japanese automotive invitational at Beach. Uh, Very cool. Pour yourself a long, tall drink because you're going to be there a while. MotorTrend.com has everything you can dream of for your automotive enthusiasm. Ed, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for calling in from the track there at Luguna Seca. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Pebble Beach Concours. 
Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. This has been great. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!